So we're going to look at this conversation now, and it's really related to the delay in birth registrations. We're joined by Thomas Sehama, who is the Deputy Director General responsible for civic services at the Department of Home Affairs. Good morning, and thank you so much for your time this morning. Uh, morning, Kathy, and good morning to the listeners. Mbonisi Nyati is a legal researcher at the Children's Institute. Mbonisi, good morning. Good morning to you and your listeners at home. Thank you for having us. Sure. I think first if we can just start with getting a sense of just how significant the delay in birth registrations is. Uh, Mr. Sahama, let me give you a chance to give us a, a sense of what you as the department have been recording. Okay. Thanks very much, Kathy. Thanks very much uh, to the listeners. As you are aware, uh, the Department of Home Affairs operates within the uh, legislative framework. And in this case, I'm referring to the Birth and Death Act, which is Act Number 51 of 1992, which has been used uh, to register uh, a birth. So as you are aware, according to the Birth and Death Act, uh, anyone who registers birth within 30 days has been within the ambit of the law, and uh, that one is being done without any problem. But anyone who comes after 30 days, that is considered late registration of birth. And uh, by virtue of it being late, then the department has got the right to then go back and then re- request additional information uh, so that we can then understand why the parent or the client was not able to register the birth within the 30 days. That, as it may, as it may uh, that does not mean that the, the birth will not be registered. We, we normally uh, put a, a committee together to then interview the parents to understand reasons why uh, they were not able to register birth. Then we may then re- request for additional information so that we can, know, we can be sure of the information that we are now going to register in our national population register. So, it, yeah, yeah. Yes. As you, you can see, no one can allow a, a population register to be contaminated. So we have to make sure that whoever is coming to our department to register indeed is the rightful person who then deserves uh, that uh, particular birth certificate or so that we then make sure that we ensure the credibility of the national population register. In general, what have you found to be the greatest causes when it comes to these delays? Yes, Kathy. Number one uh, uh, is the issue around cultural and religious beliefs. Most of the parents always indicate that they are not uh, going to allow us to register child if ever the the, the, the parents have not uh, seen the child and they have to make sure that they perform certain rituals before the child can be registered or given a name. Then the second one is the issue around the religious barriers, uh, which people then believe on different things, and they also uh, have to make sure that they consult first before the child can be registered. Number two is the issue of inadequate footprint within our own structures. As you are aware by now, we've got more than, we've got about 412 offices countrywide, which does not really cover the entire spectrum. We are also working closely with the Department of Health, where we are participating in more than 391 health facilities. So we have entered into a project wherein we are now, through the memorandum of understanding that has been signed, we are now connecting. We've got a five-year project where we are connecting all health facilities with maternity wards. 
already we've been told by us that they've got uh, about 1,435 health facilities with maternity wards. That project started last year already, where we started uh, with the, those hospitals with high volume of beds, where they're giving about 5,000 a month and so on and so on. So already we've connected 47, and that one is a five-year project, which will then continue uh, to improve every year. We've also uh, procured, we've got uh, about 100 mobile units that then goes to communities so that in case we've got people who, are, who never had an opportunity to register birth, we, we then conduct outreach programs uh, where we then allow them to then uh, register such kids. So we do have quite a number of initiatives that we have started with the department. You are aware that someone in 2010 we had challenges with our legislation that was since been well, since reviewed. We have now uh, changed certain sections of the Birth and Death Act, where now rather than allowing only the mother to register the child, we are also now we the law now allows uh, one of the parents to come and register the uh, mm. uh, uh, children. One of the difficulties that um, is being faced, particularly by parents of these children is the fact that when they have to register them in schools, some schools are turning them away for not having uh, the the requisite ID or birth certificate, etc. How is Home Affairs responding to the problem? I imagine that, yes, it might be hard for you to find some of these individuals in communities, but are you reaching out to schools at all uh, for them to tell you about the cases of unregistered children that they have? Thanks very much, Kathy. Yes, indeed. Uh, as Home Affairs, we have partnered with DBA, which is the Department of Basic Education. We have signed an MOU with them, and we have developed a schedule for the whole year wherein Home Affairs then visit various schools to make sure that we register anyone who may have not had an opportunity to be registered. And I must also indicate that through that project, we have seen an increase in birth registration in the past five years, ever since we started this engagement, we've seen an increase on early birth registration, and it has moved from 74% uh, to 82% last year. Mm. And this year, uh, due to uh, 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 the COVID, we, there was a slight de- decline, which is uh, about 751, because some of them really we were not able to reach them because they were just worried about COVID issues. But all in all, what, uh, what one can say is that Indeed, we have got a fully full commitment with the Department of Education. We are able to work with them. There's a project, even for learners that are out of their graduate we do have projects that are running parallel to make sure that no one is left behind. Which areas have been worst affected by the lack of registrations of children? Okay, thanks so much. I think uh, most of the areas that we encountered difficulties in the process. Uh, in areas where they are, we have got farming communities wherein we find that either the farm, the gates are locked or maybe the, the, the owner of the farm only gives them an opportunity to, very short time to then come and register. And the second part is uh, the deep rural areas where our our trucks are unable to penetrate some of the areas in terms of connectivity itself. So that takes a bit of time. However, what we have arranged with such communities is for them to then visit our neighbor offices or we then uh, uh, make arrangements 
with the school principal so that such that can be registered in at these areas. Okay, well, we're going to leave it there because I know that you've got to go, uh, Mr. Sigama. Uh, so, so thanks for joining us this morning. We're going to continue this conversation with Mbonisinyati. He'll tell us about the experience that they've had at the Children's Institute when it comes to resolving this issue of the registrations. You know, just recently, even before... Um, before the local government elections, you had beautiful stories of how South Africans, at least beautiful stories in the way that they were told, but of how South Africans had been affected by the lack of access to proper documentation. Um, there was a young man who was 21, and this would have been the first election that he was able to vote in. And one of the only reasons he was able to get that assistance is because there was a reporter who had told his story earlier on in the year. So, you know, why is it that people have to struggle so much just to get some form of identification? And we know that it limits it limits the kind of opportunities that one does have access to. So we'll look at this issue with Mbonisinyati and I'll also take your calls on 011-714-2006. Or via the app. We continue the conversation on the talking point. Mbonisinyati is a legal researcher at the Children's Institute. Bonisi, you had a chance to hear what Home Affairs had to say in terms of why we find children without any birth registrations. In terms of the work that you do, do the reasons that uh, were provided correlate with the information and the data that you've had the opportunity of collecting over time? Thank you, Ted. Um, yes, uh, for most of uh, the reasons that you mentioned, yes, they do collaborate. Uh, co- uh, um, but from our experience, uh, what we have identified with challenges with late birth registration, uh, we see uh, we have categorized uh, the children who struggle with uh, accessing uh, late birth registration. So, firstly, it's children who are born in rural areas, uh, children who are born in home. And uh, we have children whose mothers do not have identity documents. And then there are children uh, where the mothers work in another province. So, and then there are open children or abandoned children in the care of relatives. Um, there are children living with unmarried fathers. And then um, there are also cases where um, parents have uh, red flags on their IDs on the home affairs system. So before they can um, apply for certificate for their children, they need first to sort the issues uh, that are there on their um, are there on their ID. So uh, maybe if I can uh, like explain in terms of these categories, in terms of how it affects them. Yes, you can so, go ahead. Yes. For example, for children who are born in rural areas and uh, those who are born at home, so the challenge there is is that uh, there's limited services uh, for uh, for home affairs. Uh, the footprint of home affairs is limited. So this is also combined with uh, high levels of uh, rural uh, poverty and long distance that they have to uh, to travel to go to Wamasai. And um, there are high costs also associated with this in terms of transport. So this uh, leads to exclusion. So uh, one uh, so one thing that um, my colleague from Wamasai mentioned is that. There are the late birth registration process is very onerous, so it requires like more trips, and um, we have to 
do more trips in, in terms of collecting. If it's late, you have to collect more documents to prove uh, and then also to attend interviews. So it, in most instances, uh, they have to do like four or three trips before they, um, they can even be able to launch that application. Uh, in, in some cases where the mothers are, are without IDs, um, certainly they have to undergo their own registration before their children can uh, be registered. So normally, um, in terms of their, their own, the master's own operating standard procedure, uh, in terms of that document, it says it takes up to six months for them to process a late registration. But we have seen cases where it takes more than three years for, for them to, to, to even finalize it. Uh, and then in cases of abandoned or orphan children, I think in these cases, the law is very clear in terms of how these children should be doing this, uh, should be assisted uh, in terms of social workers uh, being able to assist these families. But in most cases, uh, what we see is that um, DHA usually uh, registers these children without the involvement of a social worker. So these are some of the challenges uh, that we have seen. And also in cases of unmarried fathers as well, uh, we, we have seen that unmarried fathers and those who are living with their children and where the mother is either died or has um, her whereabouts are unknown, those fathers, they usually struggle to, uh, to register the children because uh, even if in cases where they are born at, uh, at, at hospitals, they are unable to access uh, their maternity certificate or proof of birth from those because only the mother uh, can access those or a social worker can access those. Mm. But because of the capacity that is there uh, with regards to social workers, uh, they are able to get uh, assistance for them to be able to lodge um, late birth registration. Mm. Yeah, so, so there are quite a number of challenges then systemically, if I've heard you correctly, that, that, that flow into why uh, some children end up not having access to these documents. Let me take a couple of calls. Tembi, so you're calling us from Mpumalanga. Good morning. Yes, morning, Kathy. And okay, how are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm good. I I hope you can hear me. Yes. I, I wanted to interest uh, 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 the deputy general director general there because uh, in 2015 we did a late application of birth for my aunt uh, with my grandmother at that time because she was born in 1965. Uh, we've done everything and we submitted all the documents that we needed. We, and the interview was done and everything was done. Up to date, it's been six years. We're still waiting. And when we go to the Home Affairs Office in Street to inquire as to what is happening, we don't get a, 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 a joyful uh, response from them. I even went to ask if, if the managers there in the office can assist, and there's no help. It's up to date. No ID. And there's just simply no response from, from any of the officials that you had worked with before? Nothing, none, none, none. When I go back there, I, I, I remember the people that were assisting with the interview, mm. uh, they, they told us that they are no longer there, but I know them with by name, and, 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 and they, know, they say the people are no longer there. It's been six years. We're going to check every now and then. There's nothing, no problem. Stembi, so do, do you know if they... Yeah. My grandmother has even passed away now. We mm. don't know what to do. I was going to say, do you know if they even still have the documents that you guys had submitted? Yes, the lady that was help, helping us, 
said she got her the document. I don't know if she's there now because the people, they changed the people now and then because the lady helping us, that is helping us now is not the same lady that was that was helping us uh, before. Mm. They keep changing the people and it's likely that the document could be lost. Yeah, no, that that is not good at all. No, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, he had to leave earlier. But as Tembi, so we'll see what we can do. Maybe I'll put you back to Lebo, and we'll just uh, forward your contacts to his office and see if there's anything that they can do to assist there. Uh, thanks for the call, Matlohonolo in Mbombela. I'll come to you soon. First, let me take the latest news headlines. It's ten thirty. Nomsam Dluli is standing by. Kathy, in the headlines, the ANC is today holding interviews for the mayoral candidates at the municipalities. The party has won with an outright majority. The party's top bras are at Lutuli House in Johannesburg, where the interviews are set to take place. At the same time, Action SA says it has resolved to close the door on the EFF's coalition proposal. And the city administration in the Indian capital, Delhi, says it's ready to impose a complete lockdown to fight worsening air pollution. The Supreme Court has requested that officials consider measures to control emissions. More details at 11. For now, Kathy has your market update. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Taking a look at your markets this hour, the rand is trading at 15 rand 24 to the dollar, 20 rand 45 to the pound, and 17 rand 44 to the euro. Markets in Asia ended mixed. The JC is mainly firmer in mid-morning trade. Markets in Europe are flat at this hour, while gold is trading at $1,861, platinum $1,076 per ounce. The price of Brent crude oil is at $81.55 a barrel. On SAFM. We continue the conversation on the talking point. We've been looking at some of the difficulties in getting the registrations of um, of children underway, especially where there have been delays in registering their births. And we know that this can often um, take a long time, including into adulthood, where some children, due to a number of difficulties, are unable to access these important registration documents. We were in conversation with Thomas Sihana, who is the uh, deputy. Deputy Director General, responsible for civic services at the Department of Home Affairs. He's unfortunately had to leave uh, the conversation. Mboni Sinyati is a legal researcher at the Children's Institute. He's still on the line. I'll continue taking your calls on uh, this conversation. Matlohonolo, you're calling us from Bombela. Good morning to you. Uh, well, good morning, Kathy. Um, yes. Let me just first highlight that I think it's quite uh, fundamental for Home Affairs to have the offices in all provincial and government hospitals and clinics, mm-hmm. just like they have in the private hospitals. And secondly, in the fourth industrial revolution, it doesn't make sense why home affairs at this point, they don't have any digital systems, at least for people to register the kids or maybe just to follow up on the progress whenever those birth certificates of registration are done. I'm based in Bombella, and I can tell you, Casey, it is not easy for any parent. Each and every day, if you go to our Bombella offices, uh, home affairs offices, there's newborn babies who are queuing in the long queues trying to register for their birth registration. In the middle of the pandemic, and uh, these kids are still 
newborn. One year, two days, vulnerable, but they are exposed to all sorts of, you know, you know, um, diseases and all these kind of risks that we are facing within the pandemic. Now, it's very disappointing that at this age we can't even have digital system to trace a birth certificate when we register. I don't even want to talk about my own challenges. Mm. But one other thing, uh, says Casey, is the lack of capacity in these uh, offices. People come in the morning as early as 4 a.m. You queue there for the whole day. Through o'clock, cut the cutoff time, you are not even being assisted. And then you need to come back again the following day with a newborn baby. Hence, this, uh, parents are more discouraged to be coming to register this babies every now and then because you come but you don't get the service that you expect to. Hence, there's this a, a yeah. long, you know... Um, uh, fallout in terms of the registration of the new babies and all this. Matlohanole, tell me what happened with your story. My story, I, since 2019, I've registered my son to change the surname from his mom to my surname. But to this day, nothing has been happening. I've been going to home affairs. There's no progress in the process. And what is more discouraging this case is that when you go to home affairs, you queue for the whole day. But when you get to inquire about your things, nothing actually, mm. you know, tangible is coming out of uh, the, the offices of Homer says. Hence, it's very discouraging for people to go back there once and again, once again, to try and register because there's no assistance. And you queue the whole day. People wake up from 3 a.m. Mm. They get to the office to start the queue around 4 a.m. But at the end of the day, there's nothing tangible that comes out of that effort. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it really should not be the case. It really should should not be that way and and uh, you, you you're right when you say that there, there seems to be an issue of just capacity overall in in dealing and responding with the matters that are brought before the different home affairs offices thanks for calling in and i hope i hope it gets resolved soon but we're going to take uh, everybody's contact details and just pass it on uh, to the home affairs official and see uh, what it is that that they can do abram you're calling us from paris good morning Morning, Elskisi. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. I'm good, ma'am. Uh, uh, Elskisi, yeah, my name is Abraham, as you said. Ma'am, I'm calling in connection um, with that topic because mm. I'm one of those who's having a problem regarding my, I don't know if my nephew or what, ma'am. So we've, we've been going to home affairs for mm. quite often now without getting any help. You know, the reason being, you know, by the time the mother, my aunt, gave birth to the, to the child, she was born in 1999. So it was a late registration. By the time she gave birth, she was she lost her ID, and then I don't know what happened at the hospital. They didn't like register her. So we've been trying, but I even went to home affairs, and then because I was not getting the help that I wanted, so you know I I had to kind of like fight with, with the people because you know it seems like they're taking us for granted. They're not helping. I even phoned head office in Pretoria. So since they said they would come back to me uh, since today. And and there's just well, was no response at all, Abram? No, nothing. I, I and and how I long how, how long have you been part of this process for? Uh, the one that I know, I started last year. I've been phoning last year. And then before mm. lockdown, we went to Sasselbeck. We went twice because the first day, my aunt and the daughter, they went there, and then they said they must come the following day from Paris to Sasselbeck because our home affairs in Paris is not waiting. So we have to go to Sasselbeck or Kronstadt. Mm. So sometimes we have to borrow the money, and then when we get there to Sasselbeck, we're not getting any help. And mm. then so 
we went twice and then they went on Monday before lockdown last year. And then they said they must come, they must go to the hospital and then so that they can stamp the, that, that limit card for the, for, for, for the, for the child. And so have they given you, the, have they given you any reason for, for why the office is not working? We don't know what's happening uh, there at Paris because most of us, we have to go to Sasselbeck. Home Affairs in Paris, it was closed sometimes, uh, for quite some time it was closed. And then when we want to, to do things, we have to go to Sasselbeck and then it's money. And then when you get to Sasselbeck, you don't get any help. Any help. They tell you that your computers are they always offline, you know. So people have to fight because it's not only people from Paris, it's, it's people from Hilbrun. You know those kind of areas. We have to go to Sasselbeck, and then, and then when we go there, we don't get that help. And then, so I asked for the manager because I was not getting any help there. Mm. So they told me the manager wasn't there. And then, you know, so I don't know, ma'am, because even now I'm, we still stuck. And then, you know, the that child is having three kids now. They, all of them they don't have birth certificate, and their mother doesn't have a birth certificate today, mm. even today. Mm. So I've yeah. been trying. I've been going up and down. So. I was on a plan to go to Kronstadt. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm still going to get help there because, I don't know, ma'am, we've tried. I've tried anything that I could do. Yeah. All right, Abram. Th- thank you so much for calling uh, for calling in and for for giving us your experience. I really, you know, wish we that the Home Affairs official was able to stay uh, longer to, for for the chat. But we'll certainly try and have them back on uh, because there seems to be a, a much bigger issue uh, than, than 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 we thought when we first decided to have this conversation. Bonisi, w- what advice do you have for our listeners today? What what would you suggest that they do? Uh, maybe before I can give advice, maybe just to mention that um, the experiences of these callers that have just called now uh, are many experiences of many South Africans, um, especially in rural areas. Mm. So, in, for example, in terms of the work that I've been doing, uh, I do action research um, in, in rural areas and in Western Cape uh, in Kailisha. So what I do, um, I do provide legal advice and services to these uh, caregivers, and I also document their processes. So in some cases, I even go with them at home affairs to find out what is the problem. So um, those there, there are a lot of challenges, but uh, the problem is that um, I don't think home affairs is acknowledging the problem and the extent of the problem in terms of the numbers, because um, they also don't have the numbers of um, the children without the certificate in South Africa. So um, a, a question was asked recently to the Minister uh, of Home Affairs, and he, uh, um, he acknowledged that Home Affairs does not have that data. But in terms of uh, the estimate that we have done, uh, we, we estimate that there are about uh, 500,000 children uh, between age between 0 and 17 years in South Africa who do not have a uh, certificate. And around 80% of these, these are South African um, uh, 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 citizens. So even uh, the Department of Basic uh, Education recently admitted in, 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 in Parliament that there were about 660 learners uh, in, in eight provinces, aged between 6 and uh, 21 in eight provinces who, who do not have the certificate available to them mm. at school or uh, their ID could not be verified. So, um, yeah, so there is a, a huge challenge that is there. 
But uh, for the advice in terms of those who, who are striking to, to get uh, that documented home affairs, what I would encourage them is that they should, uh, whenever they are at uh, home affairs offices, uh, they, they must ask uh, to speak to the managers of those offices uh, who are sometimes, uh, I find them helpful in terms of advising or escalating uh, their cases. Um, even if um, I'm hesitant to give my numbers to them uh, now because at the moment I'm also overwhelmed in terms of the cases that I have. Mm. Because, um, yeah, I, I'm, currently doing, I'm currently doing this work in terms of advising them. But I'm hesitant to give them the numbers because my numbers because I'm currently overwhelmed in terms of um, the numbers. There are a lot of people who are striking with medical situations, and uh, it certainly needs help. And we hope that um, with our work that we're currently doing as uh, the Children's Institute, we'll be able to uh, approach home affairs uh, and other stakeholders that um, are relevant to this in trying to find a solution. Um, for example, uh, we, we already started early this year with a meeting with home affairs, and uh, that was facilita facilitated by um, the Department of Social Development in trying to find a solution in terms where we can get home affairs, we can get uh, healthy, uh, and we can get uh, social workers and All other right. stakeholders into one room so that we can find um, a solution or, or develop at least a protocol where each department can define each their role in terms of how we can assist these families or people who are mm -hmm. struggling with such documents. All right. All right, Mbunisi, th thanks for, for, for being part of uh, the conversation today. And, and we completely understand in terms of the own workload that you are dealing with. But like I said, we will share those contacts uh, with the officials at Home Affairs and hopefully there will be something progressive that comes out of it. But I do think that uh, Mr. Sihaman needs to come back so that he can also answer to the state of the offices. Why is it that people have to wait six years, three years, a year? That's a long time. It's a long time um, to have to pursue one issue over and over again, especially something that has such massive uh, consequences for everything else that you're trying to do. You know, you can't get your license. When you want a job, they want you to send an ID. When you want to access even government services, they request your ID. So it's really keeping people out of the, the system and it limits the access that they have even to what is constitutionally promised to them as, as South African citizens. So, yeah, uh, uh, certainly not a good state of affairs there.